welcome to Mothershot, episode 14. This is your host, John Marcos. And finally, for the second time in a row, I haven't done an English episode since episode two. But today I'm delighted to have my guest, um, Mrs. Sahaj Baines. What's up, Sahaj? Hi. Good, how are you? I'm good, I'm chilling. It's been a, a break-ish while I continue studying for the test. Um, but yeah, we're here, finally. Yeah, finally. Thanks for having me. Of course. You've heard of the legendary podcast. <laughs> I have, yes. <laughs> that I've been mentioning um, uh, while I was uh, during rotation. Um, I think you and the people over there, like it was fun. And I think, I think you guys like me, I think, right? I won't put you on the yes, spot. But... Yes, no, we absolutely do. It, no, it was, it was great having you for those two months or so. So just excited to see where you head off next. Yes, I, I was doing a, like a recap memory thing with my photos on Instagram, like putting those reels. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of content. I did a lot of things in a few months. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, you know, science and life just moves fast. And friends as well, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I cherished every moment of it. And it's too sad I didn't get to explore more of Minnesota has to offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, due to COVID, you know, everything's a little toned down than yeah. years prior. But, you know, we still try to give every student the best um, research experience possible so yeah i mean maybe you want to have a car so i'll have that in mind because recently i took the uh tour historical tour of rochester have you ever taken that when you were here i have not done that yet no <laughs> oh my god i recommend it to you honestly yeah like, they talk about the mayo brothers and stuff like that and the tornado mm -hmm. and the different places and the different presidents that came for that to congratulate mm -hmm. them it's pretty cool maybe right. we'll be there one day yeah maybe <laughs> having like acres of land <laughs> yeah yeah maybe maybe not quite that much but who knows everything's yeah. possible right <laughs> yeah anything's possible hopefully so Zahaj um I'm delighted to bring you on um I actually haven't ever brought a person in MD-PhD before like I had a oh. PhD. yeah so you're like the first one ever yeah well, thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> yes. So to start off, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your origin? Um, how do you got here? Mm -hmm. How do we get to have the experience of getting good education? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was born in India and my family moved here when I was in second grade. So I've been there uh, here since then. We moved to Chicago and then to Indiana. Um, and then after that, you know, just adjusting to American culture and making friends here, making a home here. Um, and then in Indiana, um, after high school, I went to Purdue University for undergrad where I got a bachelor's in science um, uh, or bachelor's of science in biology, I should say. Um, and then after that, um, Applied to Mayo for MD-PhD program, got accepted, and here we are. Wow. So that's the brief version of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you um, you came in pretty young, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was about eight years old, I believe. Nice. So yeah. you still say you're still fluent in your primary language because of your parents, I'm guessing? Yes, I am, yeah. Since I went to school in India as well, you know, I, I speak Hindi and Punjabi fluently, so. Nice. Today I was in the one of the reunions and one of the people spoke um, Portuguese and they were like trying to remember how to do it. I'm like, what? That's your first <laughs> language? Yeah. That's really yeah. tough. I can't imagine mm -hmm. that. Like there's so much culture and even memes you can make in your language that other people quite don't understand. Right. Yeah. Some things are hard to translate for sure. Yeah, for sure. And so when you were in Purdue um, and aiming, thinking about applying to Mayo and probably other universities, what mm -hmm. kind of sparked that passion into biomedical science or the yeah. research aspect, the medicine aspect? Right. 
Yeah, I kind of had always wanted to go into medicine. Um, that was something that, you know, even as a little kid, I, I just loved the idea of being a doctor. Um, not for any specific re reason at that age, but then slowly, you know, as I grew up, um, just volunteering in hospitals, shadowing clinicians, and just really liked how, you know, you could be in a field where you can help people, but also be a leader in that field. Mm -hmm. And I think like physicians really have the ability to have both of that, you know, both of those things. Um, so I just have always been passionate about learning about, you know, human anatomy, biology, and lending that into just a career that, you know, brings it all together with patient care and eventually being able to help people, you know, make the best of their life. Um, as far as science, honestly, I, I was not really interested in pursuing a PhD um, hmm. initially uh, until undergrad. So I- Most of uh, us. Yeah. <laughs> that happens. I, yeah. So I started Purdue with the idea of, you know, I'm going to get my MD, go to medical school. And I started in my undergrad research lab as more of a checklist, you know, like I'm going to med school, so I should do some, some research just so I can have that check mark on my CV. Yeah. But fortunately for me, I, I had a really great experience with my advisor there at Purdue. And that really sparked an interest for me. So I really became interested in research, was doing it, you know, about anywhere from 15 to 20 hours, hours a week, along with classes and undergrad. And I really wanted to continue doing that. Um, and that led to more experiences, you know, doing surf programs at Purdue and at Mayo, and then eventually translated into me wanting to not just, not being, you know, totally satisfied with an MD. So I wanted to do a combined degree in MD PhD. Oh God, yes. And then did you get any, because I had some of that when I was, um, I was a pre-med and then same thing, got some research experience, got motivated and then said, hmm, maybe MD, PhD. And then when I went on an internship, mm -hmm. I like kind of mentioned it like, oh yeah, sure. MD, PhD, like that sounds pretty awesome. And they were like, no, no, no. You got to choose one <laughs> or the other, Like you can't do both. Like, no, like very directly trying to undermine it or trying to unmotivate me to do it. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Like, did you ever face that or, or, or? Oh, I think you actually, uh, you know, so okay. I, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Okay. Perfect. Um, I actually was encouraged by my undergrad advisor. So she, you know, is, is, she was the first person to be sit me down and really say, you know, I love the work that you do in lab. I know that you're passionate about medicine. Why not just do them both? And I, I didn't know that was an option then until she told me. So I'm thankful that she did. Um, and from that opportunity, really, you know, I started exploring the field a little bit and what it entailed and, you know, the lifestyle, so on and so forth. Um, but I have had several interactions with, um, you know, clinicians and even research scientists who have said, you know, why do both and kind of not, I wouldn't say dissuade me from doing it, but, you know, challenging, making sure that I really knew what I was getting myself into. Mm -hmm. So having that discussion, you know, why is it important? Why both? Why not one or the other? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I wouldn't say that anyone's tried to, you know, flat out say, no, don't do it. Um, but I've definitely had people ask me really you know honestly why why do you want to do it so yeah um sure. which is always hard to answer of course so <laughs> yeah it's a it's a heck of a question because yeah we now getting more into the phd process we understand that there is the grant applying component to it but there's also the active lab duty component to it so like finding a person who can do all three or, or trying to do that, unless they have like the support, it kind of seems very impossible. And right. the, the PI that kind of mentioned that to me, she was, her perspective was more like, um, so you're, you're going to end up choosing one or the other, like you kind of can't do kind of like both. Right. But at the same time, it's very gratifying because you, there's a lot of people who, and there's nothing wrong with techs. Like they learn a skill and they repeat a skill, 
but what is the underlying mechanism that's going on or how you know like that problem solving mentality that that a lot of people lack and nowadays people just say oh you have coughing or whatever let me just prescribe you this and i won't mm -hmm. tell you what's in the background or in for me but you know like <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of hectic um no, so for sure when you reach that point, um, when you finish your program and whatnot, how do you visualize yourself in that role of using your degree in what you deem as appropriate or satisfying? Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really good question. And honestly, it, it's a it's a loaded question, right? Because at at this stage of my career, I honestly am very open to the opportunities that come. Um, obviously, everyone, you know, most people will set out with certain goals and expectations of where they see themselves. But, mm -hmm. but I think it's um, it's important to just know that not everything you envision will come to fruition, you know, some yeah. might be for the worse, some for better. So just, mm -hmm. you know, that's life. But that being said, as of right now, I think I see myself, you know, finishing the MD-PhD here at Mayo and then um, applying for residency and taking that path. So residency, fellowship, training. And then, you know, hopefully I can find myself or create for myself an environment just like my current PI has, um, where, you know, kind of emulate him in the in the sense that I'm able to have the best of both worlds, you know, mm -hmm. so I can go to the clinic, see my patients, but then really use my research to bring the current um, treatments and therapies into my clinic and really integrate sure. both both parts of my career. So hopefully I can, you know, uh, have that opportunity like he has. And I think I'm in a really good environment that set me up for great success. But we'll see where life takes yeah. me and people are evolving all the time and all the ideas Absolutely. And in the episode that i had adriana on um episode 11 yeah episode 11 i remember wait no it was episode 12 my bad in episode 12 i asked her about that like well, how does she visualize herself in the, the path and she just said right i don't know mm -hmm. and that's okay and 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 obviously we always have a, a good idea and something that that kind of like sparked me when she said that was the the fact that she didn't want to place limits on herself by saying I want to become this thing mm -hmm. or that thing and that's like whoa right not I did not think about it that way then I mean I always have like a tendency to like a certain type of thing like I like interacting with students mm -hmm. um, sometimes I like getting the wet lab sometimes dry lab whatnot and uh, yeah and yeah, hopefully we find ourselves in a equilibrium kind of place where. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think it's, you know, she's absolutely right. I don't think it's fair to you to set limits this early on. Um, so it's good to explore and just see where, where your, you know, um, mm -hmm. education and opportunities take you. So. Yeah. And even throughout undergrad, we have an idea of what type of things we want to pursue so I would ask you now um what was your like for example when I was a kid um I was thinking about oh I'm gonna learn how to become uh oh my god I don't even know how to say it in Spanish but the doctors that receive babies what was the name of it yeah um, like an ob -Gyne. yeah yeah <laughs> see ob I, I would yeah, never yeah, yeah. <laughs> But in my perspective, it was like, oh, yeah, I'll be so honorable to receive life and, and like create. But then I started, huh, but maybe not, maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe that's too intense for me <laughs> emotionally or whatnot. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so then I switched maybe narrow. But, you know, you always think of those big like neurosurgeons, like you hear a lot of people, they're starting and mad and they, they really haven't experienced much, but they go for the, the big shots, uh, whatever they hear first. Oh yeah. Neurosurgeon. Oh yeah. Heart surgeon or whatever. Um, and it takes till they sure. are in those environments to decide, okay, maybe that's not for me. Um, what would you say was that for you? Um, then medicine or in general, well, it can be, yeah, in general, like, a, like, well, if medicine was always in your track, um, mm -hmm. the type of physician you wanted to be as a kid, 
or as yeah as a kid it's not the same one that you want it to be today yeah so mm-hmm. yeah yeah um i guess within medicine i know like you know as a kid i mean i'm sure there it's not just me but you know i wanted to be an astronaut and see the stars <laughs> and um also be a doctor at the same time so as a kid you have super superwoman um, <laughs> yeah you you have to have it all right um, yeah, yeah. but i think i think it started out um in within medicine um i thought about uh pursuing oncology um in research and in the clinic so i wanted to be an oncologist for the longest time um And that was mostly, you know, it was a decision that I made because of my undergraduate experiences. So Mm. I was in a cancer research lab and I thought, you know, that's what I, what I would like to do clinically um, as well. And so, you know, I, I shadowed a lot of oncologists while I was an undergrad, shadowed radiation oncology, just exploring different fields within, within oncology itself. And then I, I came to Mayo and uh, I knew for sure, you know, I, I want to do cancer research. And the first rotation I did was um, in this current lab, um, which is, as you know, a cardiology lab. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and um, I honestly thought, you know, I was like, oh, this is just a cool experience that I want to try <laughs> I don't think um, that I would stick with the heart, you know, I think cancer mm-hmm. is so cool and I would go back to it and I, I just wanted to try something different and kind of, you know, have a fun experience before mm-hmm. medical school it really started. And, but then, you know, I really fell in love with this lab and the work that we do. And I think a big part of that um, is, is my mentor, my current mentor. Um, so he's, you know, always been super supportive and just, you know, a great example as someone I can look up to. And, and so I was like, you know, maybe I could see myself doing cardiology. Hmm. So I shadowed him in the clinic here, um, over the past couple of years. And, you know, now I can see myself doing something in cardiology, possibly um but yeah I honestly you know I still so fascinating that transition yeah (laughs) from passion to cancer straight to heart yeah exactly yeah and who knows you know maybe you can combine cancer within the heart so maybe it'll come back full circle (laughs) maybe maybe with that hyper the hypertrophy thing I was yeah yeah or just you know cardiac cancers (laughs) oh okay Okay, so cardiac ca- cancers would be like um, the myocardium, like dividing a lot. Like it wasn't supposed to be dividing, but it just divides. Well, or just like you know metastasis and stuff that oh, arises. Okay. Yeah, um, but you know, you never know. I'm I'm not saying that. I that's what I'm thinking right now. But just you know, <laughs> pretty rare. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. It, those are very rare. Um, you know conditions and there are people who pursue that but I think right now honestly I'm really fascinated by genetic cardiology in general um so I could see myself doing something along those lines but obviously nothing set in stone nice nice let's see uh, when I entered the Mayo um I had in mind to con- try to continue to find labs in fact I I, I can say this like in my mind Mayo didn't have a lot of the research that I was looking for, like only a, some of the PIs, but mm-hmm. obviously has a lot of resources, lots of opportunities. Like, heck, I'm going to try to, well, I am going to the three sites. Like, that, what, what university has that? Like, that, Yeah. Yeah, that's already a big bonus. Um, but one of the things that stood out um, when I was in the interview process was that my director told me, hey, John, like, when you get here, you can study whatever you want. Like you don't have to li- like you don't have to just do platelets because you stayed with platelets in undergrad. You can Absolutely. just go beyond. You can do, it. and I'm like, whoa! Because the thing is, even in Puerto Rico, like um, one of the most challenging topics of lab because it was so famous in the island was narrow. So a lot of these kids like me trying to look for a narrow lab. Oh yeah, narrow lab, narrow lab. But I never found a narrow lab. So I was like, well, maybe mm-hmm. it's not for me. Maybe I'll just focus on something else because I never got an experience of going to a narrow lab. So having the experience here and having the option to go beyond. So right. I'm doing everything different, like cardiology. Mm-hmm. Let's do 
now I'm finally here in Florida. I'm not in Florida yet, but when I go to Florida, um, I'm going to do the narrow and then in Arizona, the cancers. I'll do it for you, Richard Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, represent that. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, one of the things about Mayo that I absolutely love. There's, it's really, you know, they, they push you um, in the sense that there are no limits. You know, you get to decide what you want to be and where do you want to go in your career. Um, and that's just, you know, the flexibility that they give you is, is just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. And very grateful to be here having fun so far. So, <laughs> so now that you've made yeah. it here in this process, I bet you, um, like me, like all of us had a lot of lessons that we took from either high school or, um, or undergrad so for you, what would be, what would you say were one of the most important lessons you've learned throughout your, like, uh, progress in your career and, and, and whatnot? Oh, okay. We're good. Wait a second. Okay. You can, if you want, you can. Yeah, we're back. We're back. <laughs> okay, perfect. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, so you were asking me about the lessons, the yeah. lessons that I've learned. Um, Honestly, it's funny that you asked me. I, I was just talking to a colleague um, today about this. Hmm. But I think um, the most, I wouldn't call it so much as a lesson, but more of an advice that I learned. So this is um, from a very good mentor of mine. Um, he's uh, a neurosurgeon here at Mayo. And he, he kind of always told us to always think of yourself in the next position. So uh, let me explain that a little bit. So, so he said, when you're a medical student, don't act like a medical student. You act like a resident. And when you're a resident, don't act as a resident. You know, you act as a fellow and, and do things that a fellow would be expected to do. When you are a fellow, think of yourself as a consultant, so on and so forth. So always think of yourself as a step ahead and give yourself you know responsibility and conduct yourself appropriately like that um and the same applies for research so when you are a phd student in a lab think of yourself as a postdoc when you're a postdoc you know think of yourself as an assistant professor um the next level so that's an advice that i think really stuck with me um and in my work every day, you know, I, I try not to act like a PhD student, you know, uh, I try to delve more into and see, you know, what would a postdoc be doing that I could bring in into my work ethic, you know, how do I work harder than an average PhD student would. Um, so I think that's just something that I've really um, adhered to in, in my work life. And you know, so far it's, it's paying off and sometimes it's challenging, you know, obviously, you know, being a PhD student, you can't really be a postdoc, but um, I think just something to aspire to is, is the key, key there, you know, like have that, that sort of work ethic where you put more responsibility on yourself going above and beyond to do um, mm -hmm. not just what is required of you, but, you know, what can you do beyond that basic requirement? Um, and along the same lines, you know, my current mentor in the lab, he's always said, you know, don't look um, at your current situation like a stepping stone. So don't say, you know, oh, I'll be happy, like, and not right now as an MD PhD student, but when I'm a resident, you know, uh, I'll be, and when you're a resident, don't say, you know, I'll be happy once I'm an attending and so on and so forth. So it's, it's kind of funny the way the two intersect and it's, it's one thing to um, bring that sort of work ethic into your life, but it's another to say, you know, oh yeah, I, this is not, this is not really my job. My real job will be when I'm a resident. So, you know, oh, no. yeah, yeah, so. yeah, that's so dangerous uh, yeah. to say that, that I'll be happy when Mm -hmm. I'll be happy exactly. when when I do that when I do that and right. the other yeah. yeah like you might never be there you know like Ex if you don't 
people should be happy now, honestly. Um, I know that it gets very tiring and I know that it gets very burnt out, um, especially <laughs> in an MD-PhD program. <laughs> wow, that sounds like, how, how do you... How do you view um, that aspect? Is it are you are you faring fine? Is it a really really intense? How do you how are you alive? <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly, you know, it's it's eight years, right? Uh, just objectively, yeah. It can it can be in a long eight years, or it can be eight years that fly by so fast that you're you know you just enjoy the journey. And I think that honestly really plays um, into the kind of environment that, that you uh, are either put in or you put yourself in, you know, that you create for yourself. And I think being at Mayo honestly has made those eight years seem really short, um, thankfully. So I'm really fortunate that I've had that experience. Um, now, of course, you know, I'm, I'm three, um, three years in and well more than three years in now I'm starting my fourth year and so maybe I'm you know in that honeymoon phase still where I'm <laughs> in love with everything <laughs> yeah seeing our colleagues and, like going through orals <laughs> oral claws and whatnot mm -hmm. and we're like huh, I'm so glad I'm not that person <laughs> when I was yeah <laughs> exactly so so maybe you know this will this will fade and I'll I'll you know, become more, more um, vulnerable to, <laughs> to the uh, difficulties that, that this career can, can bring. I and mean, you made it so far, like those two first years aren't easy anyway. You, <laughs> you already took your step one, right? Yes, I did. Yep. <sighs> yeah. So stepping stones. <laughs> how do you keep, how do you keep yourself grounded on that? Uh, how do you feel What's a, like a strategy you do to try to not get like burned out? I mean, I know balance is the key to everything and scheduling yeah. maybe, but what right. would be your, yeah. Yeah, I think honestly, you know, I love being busy. That's, that's something that I just have to have. You know, if I have one project I'm working on, that causes me to become more burnt out in, you know, in a sense than, um, than I would be if I'm handling multiple different things. And mm -hmm. I think it's it's just like, you know, if you're having a meal, you know, you have one big pot of the same thing and you keep eating that, you get tired of it. I know it's healthy, you have... but I'm kind of craving something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you have a couple of different appetizers, you know, you can always Go with pause on that main meal. nachos and exactly. your onion rings. So... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I think it's just all the different flavor, you know, that really provides some excitement. So you're not really, you don't get tired of that one, one big thing that you're focusing. So I think that's, that's kind of my strategy, honestly. Um, I try to focus on my main project, my thesis project, but along with that, I try to get involved in other things, you know, side projects, um, something to take my mind off give me a break and stuff so I, I, I love how how taking your mind off is just working on another project <laughs> <laughs> well it doesn't have to be right it doesn't it doesn't have to be a scientific project it could be you know like a, a side hobby yeah exactly yeah. exactly so so I think it's just adding some flavor to your life than just that same mundane routine of doing the same thing over and adding over some again thermic, adding some adobo <laughs> to it <laughs> salt and pepper <laughs> yeah so that's honestly, that's my advice, but, or at least something that I've been doing. It's, it's worked out so far. Yeah. Um, and that's just something I've always done. Like even an undergrad, you know, I, I would sign myself up for to a um, lot of things, right? Exactly. Just like keeping, keeping yourself busy with other stuff. So you don't always have to be stuck thinking about the same thing. I think yeah. for me, that's, that's the key, honestly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, doing the same thing kind of like like gives you a burnout in the brain and you feel it like okay i need to try to do i know i know how that feels because some of the projects were kind of like um back home like may, they may be prepared and they're time consuming and that's normal like most projects mm -hmm. are um but always having that ability to do other things and when i even when i was in high school um my chemistry teacher she told us hey guys when you go when you go to college like enter into everything enter into everything because you'll know your limit like honestly you'll know your limit and then you know how to 
prioritize which one to kill out, which one do you um, do that? And, and I totally relate to that. Um, honestly, um, when I was studying, I think I mentioned it, how oh God, sometimes I do this so far, so I don't know which episode I repeated this or whatnot, but I'm, I want to do this, whatever. Um, <laughs> and the thing is that when I was studying for the MCAT, and this is kind of my origin story into the PhD, and I think I told you that before, mm-hmm. when I was yeah. studying for the MCAT, so I think I had a short period of time to take it um, because of the application process and then whatever. But I was finding myself that I wasn't spending so much time in the lab. And, and I take a lot of time to get all that information and to take just the test. So in yeah. that moment, obviously, everyone has different goals and different desires. But for me, I was like, no, like, I don't want to do this now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like it. No, I just want to become a scientist right now. Yeah. Um, who yeah. knows if I, in the future, if I want to do the MD route, I don't think so. Cause I like teaching. I like people learning and, and the youth keep me young. I'm so young, but <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, you know, MDs teach a lot too. Um, so there's, I wouldn't really rule that out. Just throwing that in there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So. You're right. Maybe, I guess um, it would be about how 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 recent do you want to do it you know let's say if you want to like commit yourself to four more years and then residency to then teach then that's a different type of story Mm -hmm. so yeah like oof yeah and so so we have a lot of students nowadays that are aiming to either pursue md or a phd uh, or do both Um, So to those students that are considering the career of MD, PhD, um, what would you say to them or to things to consider um, that kind of like helped you find your way into the decision? Sure. Yeah, I think, like you said, you know, it's a really good point. So as you as you mentioned, um, when you were studying for the MCAT, you you kind of realized when put in that situation that, oh, maybe, you know, I, I, I don't want to do this. I don't feel like I can put in the energy to do this because I'm more passionate about something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think just knowing knowing that, you know, what is it that really makes you passionate? Um, for myself, um, when I was studying for the MCAT, I wanted to be in the lab, right? Just like oh, you said. God. But yeah. then when I was in the lab, you know, I really wanted to go back to studying and get into medical school and do that. And even now, you know, you know, having that MD PhD student life, um, when I go, you know, I, I go to the clinic still every month, um, for a day and just to keep fresh on my clinical skills. When I'm in the clinic, I, I think about all the lab work that I could be doing, you know, and constantly <laughs> have that in my mind. When I'm in lab, I look forward to that next clinic day. So I think it's that, it's that passion that goes both ways and, you know, not being able to be truly satisfied with one or the other. And then I see my mentor and, you know, he has, I don't know this, how he does this, it, honestly, this research. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he has this research life and he has his clinic life going on simultaneously. And I'm like, okay, so and there's educational the hope, life. you know, exactly. And so, educational life. Like, God yeah, he's, he really does it all. He, he teaches, you know, he, he's an educator, he's a researcher, he's an excellent clinician and I mean, I'm not saying I'll be at that level, but something to aspire Hey, you're, to you're in sure. a good route, you know, <laughs> like we, we are the product of all the people we spend most time with. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think honestly, my advice would be to find, find your passion, see where they lie. If you honestly could be happy with, with an MD, you know, because you can do research as an MD, you don't, you don't necessarily need a, a full PhD training to do mm-hmm. research. They're many physicians at Mayo um, that I've interacted with who are brilliant researchers, you know, with, with an MD background. Um, and if you are passionate about research and, you know, uh, you can be involved in clinical research without directly seeing patients. Um, so there's always those options. So I think it's really good to know your options and know why you want to pursue something. Um, and the more homework you do on that, the better off you'll be. So I think talking to people who have an MD and do research, have a PhD and are still able to do, you know, um, patient related 
research mm -hmm. and then MD PhDs and really finding that difference out the nuances between the careers for yourself and then committing to one you know mm -hmm. um so I think that's that's honestly where I would start and that's how I I started on this path was just by weighing the pros and cons for for each each um career path and at the end honestly you know whichever path you take um you can do whatever you want to do mm -hmm. you know you you can't you're you won't really be limited um in that sense um and i think the other other thing is you know just just looking at the path itself and the you know md phd it's eight years at least four years of medical school four years of phd um, medical school obviously is four years and then there's residency and beyond PhD, as you know, uh, varies. Um, so <laughs> I've seen people complete their PhDs in three and a half years. I've seen people take, you know, nine years to, to take, complete their PhDs. So, so it's, it's really variable and all that to say, really, you know, just see the pros and cons of the lifestyle and how, how much you will, you know, how long do you want to be in school for and mm -hmm. all that. So yeah. I think just, just looking at the big picture, not, yeah. not the, the next five years, really, but the next 15 years, you know, honestly, see, the, what will really complement all that is just the desire to keep learning, mm -hmm. exactly. like not doing the same thing, not being very monotonous. Like, um, even in, when you get old, when, even mm -hmm. when you get your old age, like, for example, our director, like, we're speculating how old he is, and he just keeps going, he loves <laughs> it and keeps learning. And, and we're like, wow, like, I hear a lot of students uh, about the dream of retiring and whatnot. I'm like, why? Like, I get it. But, you know, like, take fine, yeah. take, take two months vacation. But <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, like exactly. there's so many things to learn, even even beyond medicine or work related. Maybe you can, I don't know, learn a different language, live somewhere else. There's so many yeah. things, man. And maybe one day we'll go to space as well. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just, you know, I, exactly. I think having that um, really passion for learning is is really important, regardless of which career you go into so mm -hmm. just love what you do and and then you can do it for the rest of your life yes and i heard it's it was interesting because i didn't know that when you were a kid you wanted to become an astronaut because <laughs> like i find that for people like in academia well in academia in the science area i find that there's a lot of people who wanted to be astronauts like there's a like a decent pattern people who started out like astronaut like oh yeah what's in space aliens um i think even yeah. at one point i wanted to become a meteorologist because the, the shapes of the clouds were very cool and how they formed yeah like, oh my <laughs> that kid desire yeah. man that's something else honestly yeah i think honestly you know it's the curiosity of it all and just the unknown and um and i think it's just you know it's fascinating obviously you know uh, most people that i've talked to have at one point really been obsessed with space and including myself you know yeah me too and yeah <laughs> so yeah i think you know that's just one of those things that is very appealing um especially especially to a kid yeah i have a, a cousin um it, it was interesting it was in episode eight it, it's in spanish so you, you can't hear it but he he's actually um interested in um aerospace engineering so yeah. he's working with NASA and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. it was very interesting that finally, I, I don't remember ever him. I think he told me that at one time, look at the twist. I think he wanted to be uh, pediatric when he was young. Mm -hmm. Pediatric, like not like astronaut necessarily. And then he grew mm -hmm. up and then he's technically working for, <laughs> for NASA. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that was honestly my dream. I I. I liked science, so I knew I wanted to be doctor, but of science, like within science, I didn't really like engineering. So, mm. so my solution as a kid was to become a doctor, but then become a doctor for NASA so that they would take me into space with them. And I wouldn't have to really I go through it. all that engineering training. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my workaround. <laughs> damn, that's a, I mean, I think it's a hard, I don't think there are a lot of, uh, 
you imagine first medical school in space or, or, or hospital in space damn who knows <laughs> here to 50 years that'll be interesting yeah exactly have you ever heard about the what space does to the body you mean just in terms of living up there for yeah. for a long time and stuff yeah, yeah um yeah. not not in detail but i'm i'm curious now so what okay. does it do <laughs> yeah yeah i recommend you check it out like um today we had like a meeting and the, and the person and they work at mayo and they were interested in space and, and they were like looking for opportunities in space as well and how they ended up at mayo i didn't quite understand how but they did it and and man very fascinating stuff in the stars um mm -hmm. but going to, back to earth um what would you say um is a thing that you would want to complete for your own life where you feel like satisfied like for the world you know like what mm -hmm. what do you think um you know a, a passionate about you see there's a problem and you want to be there you want to wear the cape and be super super banes <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you know honestly at, at this point um like where I'm at, I am with my um career and my very limited knowledge of what all this career holds um mm -hmm. I think you know just being able to have that one patient that you can look back at and, and really say, you know, I see that I made a difference, you know, whether that's something tangible or just something that they, they tell you, I think that just rewarding experience where, where you see that, okay, you know, what I've done has really made an impact on someone's life. And it doesn't have to be super direct, you know, it could just be a small gesture or, or something. Um, but I think just having those moments, I think, is is what a I really gratefulness. Ex exactly, yeah. I think just knowing that you know you've been there for someone and you've made an impact in their life, it's it's it has sort of that almost like a healing property. With you know mm -hmm. we were talking about burnout earlier, and just having those moments where somebody comes back and tells you, you know, like yes, you've you've done something to to help them feel better, you know, make their day, whatever it is. Um, I think just having those moments is honestly what, what I think this career is about. And, you know, uh, yes, there is the medicine aspect of it, but at the end of the day, you know, the, the person you're treating is a human being and with all their complexities and their life and, you know, besides their, their actual medical condition. So just taking their mind off of that, that stuff and making them happy for, a moment or two yeah. yeah 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 for sure it can continue on and and hopefully pay it forward as well yeah you know? absolutely yeah Whew. honestly very exciting times and i hope i can do that as well like one of the goals that i always feel even through the podcast or or whatever is just to be inspirational to others because mm -hmm. others heal when you heal um, so you're like being there for them and then seeing right. them like get out of a tough area or, or, uh, mm -hmm. or healing from a condition. Like that's very, very, very rewarding. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, it, you know, honestly, it doesn't have to be, you know, a big thing. I have a very close friend and he was telling me, um, the other day he had a patient, um, noticed on the patient's chart that it was their birthday um and so he went into the room and he was like oh by the way happy birthday you know um before starting the actual exam and whatnot um and it kind of made that patient stay you know they told the nurses about it and the whole team and it's just small stuff like that that you know make a make a person feel seen and visible um i think you know that's that's what that's so wholesome about, really yeah I exactly <laughs> i love it i love it um oh god i had i had the the next question and oh yeah i remember ah because sometimes i forget the the question i was gonna ask you <laughs> so if it weren't for the your undergrad research and your passion for medicine what would you feel in a parallel in a parallel universe who do you think that that you would have become 
had it been anything happened and you just like different you know yeah hmm besides medicine yeah, um besides medicine. I guess I guess I see myself sort of as a a problem solver I, I like finding you know a problem and getting fixated on it and then I just need to fix it um so I don't know maybe I could maybe see myself you know being a lawyer or Oof. something like that where you know again you see a problem either in the system or somewhere um that you just kind of want to jump in and fix so so maybe yeah maybe I could see myself as a as a lawyer in a parallel a lawyer. very <laughs> professional that's their objection <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> interesting interesting so you've been um uh, maybe law or what way specifically i mean there's a lot of problem solving um type of careers so why is, you, you were interested in law or you know not i wouldn't say that i've ever been um seriously interested um you always you know see lawyers on tv shows and you know it looks cool and all that so Lawyer. you know again as a as a kid you you always hear about that and I think within like um, just an undergrad, I've had a couple of friends go to um, law school and just kind of like seeing that, you know, I'm like, oh, I could see myself doing that. It's it's still um, just like very interesting career. And I think like I was talking about, it's never boring, right? It's never mundane, um, at least from, I mean, from my cases outside perspective. <laughs> one day you're dealing with the ex-boyfriend of someone or one day you're dealing with a, with a robber, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. From an outside perspective, you know, it seems like they're always having some interesting thing to do in their life. So I think, yeah, something like that, maybe. Who knows? Nice, nice. Have you? What about you? What about me? Yeah. Uh, I think I would have become a psychologist. Really? Yeah. Or I, I always say one of the two, psychologist or nuclear physicist. <laughs> okay. Then why? Right? <laughs> So psychology is simple. I like people. I, I like to understand, heck, this is part of the reason I'm doing the podcast, um, trying to understand where people come from, why they do what they do, um, mm -hmm. what drives them. I like that. I get it's yeah. positive energy. And, you know, honestly, when you're a psychologist, you're not always going to get a, a positive energy. But I think it comes to what you've mentioned as well about just being a problem solver, trying to mm -hmm. to obviously you can't solve every person's problems, but you can, there is a puzzle to be solved in the person you're treating. You just got to help yeah. them out and try to find the pieces and help them see that, Hey, like this is very happens to everyone. And, and while there's life, there's hope, you know, you, you can do and try, you know, like this is the only one we got at the moment. And there's always chances once you do the work and, and try to search that piece. Mm -hmm. I, I, honestly I, I know it's hard when maybe you're in an area where you can't exactly leave so that like even there's some limits to that like um but I think it's honestly about the perspective about it like what do you mm -hmm. do with the things that you have and how do you yeah. work through it so yeah for sure that's the psychology part but the nuclear physics part has to do in part with my internship at Hopkins interesting enough Because oh, I didn't know you had an internship at Hopkins. <laughs> yeah. 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 Never mentioned it to you. Interesting. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Um, was an interesting experience, internship. <laughs> Pretty yeah. intense. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it gave me a good foundation to my next lab in Puerto Rico. Um, mm -hmm. Gave me a lot of skills where I just like went straight to work and pretty focused, in my opinion, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the point was that um, I was taking a break. I wasn't in Hopkins. I wasn't home. And I was watching the Chernobyl series, miniseries, and learning about radiation and all about that. Mm -hmm. And, and like, the things that radiation does to your DNA. Yeah. Like, we hear simply sometimes uh, about the changes in, uh, in nucleotides, mm -hmm. like the simple stuff. But then you realize like radiation can break your chromosomes. Right. Mm -hmm. How is your cell gonna? And so anyway, I was just learning about people who were inflicted by this great amount of 
radiation and, and high volumes mm -hmm. and they yeah. were just dying while alive like their mm -hmm. cells weren't dividing because you looked at their yeah. their karyotype it was all screwed mm -hmm. up you can't you couldn't tell which chromosome was which right that, that like yeah. whoa that's so fat like it's terrible but it is mm -hmm. fascinating uh, like the power that, that you got there and so yeah. i kept learning about nuclear reactors and nuclear bombs and everything mm -hmm. and i was like hmm yeah 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 no it's it's honestly yeah it's very fascinating um i think honestly that's that's one of the reasons why i was so interested in cancer originally just you know um these mutations you know how how a cell can go from being per perfectly healthy to the you know having this ter terrible condition exactly and so yeah it's it's fascinating mysterious lots of research being done in that area and yeah, it's yeah. Just... I, I think I even heard because um, I was in the that was a long time ago, but about how cancers recruit other cells to defend them. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. so crazy. Exactly. Like a, yeah. It's like the, the 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 cancer infiltrated the politics of your body, <laughs> and it's taking control and, and, and lobbying everyone to. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Tricking your body into you know hurting itself um, in a way. So yeah it's just terrible and very fascinating fascinating destructive yeah. but yeah you know like someone has to study it why not <laughs> why not us yeah exactly i think yeah just it's incredible field i think it's you know it's devastating to see patients go through that oh no but yeah. it's the, the it's implications. rewarding to yeah, but it's really rewarding, you know, when you find a new exciting target, therapeutic target that you can then go after and, you know, beat this terrible mm -hmm. disease. I think, you know, that's where the, where the reward of the research comes into play. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that I'm glad, you know, that we're making advances um, in the scientific community for that. But, yeah, bit by bit getting there. Yeah. One of sure. the hardest things that I've seen, um, because I've said that if we find a way to like edit, like, let's say this person has the screwed up chromosomes and whatnot, mm -hmm. like that is a heck of a task for us to try to rebuild that and, and, and like allow it to do it to all affected cells. I think maybe that's our limit. Maybe, I don't know, but I would like to think that we wouldn't have limits in the future, but that certainly Fixing chromosomes seems like a stretch. <laughs> yeah, you know, so did going into space at one point, right? <laughs> wow, you're right. Maybe one day so, we'll reach immortality. Hmm. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Would you like if, to? If if that is the goal, then then it, yeah, maybe. Would you like to to to? Would you like? Well, I don't know. To be part, of, let's say that immortality was made possible in the test tube. Would you uh -huh. like to do that? Like be Would immortal? I like to take take the take the pill to be immortal? Yeah. <laughs> the, the red or the blue one? <laughs> yeah. Um you know, I don't I don't know. I I mean if that meant being, you know, um healthy. If yeah, if it meant being healthy, but more importantly, if it meant being surrounded by people I love as well, you know, and if I wasn't, you know, alone in being immortal, then 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 why not? Maybe yeah. Um, but I think if it meant, you know, yes, you're immortal, but everyone around you, you know, people that you love are continuing um, on die. that journey with oh, you. Oh yeah, then, that'll be pretty depressing. Yeah, so I think. Uh, you know, I, I truly believe that everyone has a purpose in life. And I think um, you're given time to complete that purpose. And, and yeah, and that's that. So, mm -hmm. so, yeah, I haven't really thought about it, but it's an interesting concept. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's always, uh, like the topics of radiation, like those are things beyond um, our current careers that kind of like fascinates us. And even in the area of, of, of medical science, um, is there a particular area that you say that I'm not, I never thought about working in it, but it fascinates mm -hmm. you? Like, 
Maybe your plan Z, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say plan Z, um, but I think just going through undergrad, like I've really been interested in um, just neurobiology, you know, learning about neurons, forming these synapses and memory and formation and how all that works. I think it's just an incredible process. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm working on the most important organ, uh, not that I'm biased, which is your heart. So <laughs> I think, I think the brain can wait, but um, no, I mean, jokes aside, I think, I think um, neurology, um, you know, neurosurgery, just anything to do with the brain is really fascinating. And the mm -hmm. research that they do. Um, Emergence of consciousness. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's just fascinating kind of like you said you know with um psychology psychiatry as well you know just formation of thoughts and why people do stuff that they do how does the mm -hmm. uh, chemical balances in your brain play into that uh i think it's just fascinating um never really thought seriously about doing it myself um but could i see myself doing it i i think absolutely i just um it's gotta i'm be happy more. yeah exactly yeah, I'm glad, glad people are doing it so I can keep learning about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, how about you? How about me? Um, yeah. Another area that's not for... Uh, I guess you're hmm. kind of, you know, you're, you've, you've seen a lot of different areas. You've seen cardiology and, you know... Now I'm going um, to narrow. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I any really... areas that... In biomedical science, I, I guess immunology, but even then in the cancer area, I'm probably going to learn more about that. Virology, mm -hmm. for sure. But that's a technique that you can apply in any of them, even in the heart mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm, I think I like the one that I'm at, honestly, because, uh, yeah. because of the rotations, I got to pick labs that you know, every hypothetical one, cardi maybe cards card the stuff, maybe narrows the stuff, maybe the cancer's mm -hmm. the stuff. Um, and even the one that I chose um, for rotation in Arizona was because it was specifically cancer induced by HIV. So there's also the, the virus component to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe more in the epigenetic side of it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that I've... I would want to learn more about that research uh, more from a social standpoint. Like yeah. there are certain behaviors or well, not behaviors, but maybe it's like they said that you have two twins. One grows up in Alaska, one grows up in Puerto Rico and they look very, very different. And that's because your environment kind of turns on your genes right. or, or turns off your genes. So mm -hmm. I really not like, you know, like, um, above the surface i'm interested in it but not sure if, if it's something that i would like dedicate a whole grant for it you know because it's not right yeah 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 but yeah for sure maybe something for me maybe i would try to see huh what genes would activate if i am if i stay here in the winter in minnesota <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and you can do try you, that out <laughs> do, you, do you feel that your genes are activated in the winter <laughs> You know, honestly, um, coming from, you know, very hot country like India, uh, where even the winters are, are, you know, they're very mild compared to winters here. Um, and then seeing snow for the first time at, you know, eight years old, it's just, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's why you have to keep coming back to Minnesota for winters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, yeah I think epigenetics is, is very cool and um but yeah I just never really found myself really intrigued by by that area so far um like enough to do it myself you know mm -hmm. um I think the research that's being done is very cool but I just don't have quite that passion for it um right now to pursue yeah. it myself I mean if they yeah yeah maybe the first step and this is a scary step for a lot of people but sequencing your whole genome yeah your genome that'll be interesting yeah. yeah i i think so i i think it would um you know knowing myself i'll probably be um Freaking scrutinizing out. <laughs> every 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 little um thing that they point out but yeah could be very interesting studying your own god that's that's very interesting
yeah, if people sure. see something they don't like there or because it is true that sometimes you have um the genes for a certain disease but doesn't necessarily mean that it will activate as well so. <clears throat> exactly yeah I guess so. it's still good to know because even with your diet, if you're more susceptible to a certain disease, heart disease, and you have mm -hmm. like a, a crappy diet, you, you're probably in the long term going to be trying to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's, you know, um, knowledge um, can be power. Um, also, <laughs> too much knowledge can also, <laughs> I think it can also, you know, negatively influence um, if you're sort of the warriors of the world, um, mm -hmm. but which I, I think I am uh, a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I think a good balance, you know. Yeah. And what, what disease um, in the area, well, what disease, health disease, do you feel like it's like one of the worst of the worst? that you like you have you just think about it and you're like ugh, like that really sucks yeah um you know I, I like we talked about cancer obviously you know is 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 one that you know it's just I mean uh, fortunately we've made advances in in different areas uh, within cancer where we've gotten much better than than we were um But there are still some other areas of pancreatic cancer, for, for example, you know, yeah, because of the where we haven't, right? exactly, um, where we haven't made that much. Um, but I think as far as disease is concerned, you know, there's, there's not a disease that I would look at and say, oh, yeah, that's mild, you know. Um, so mm -hmm. I don't think I could really pick one that is more unfortunate than the other, you know, but I think at the same time, it's, it's good. I think it makes you more, you know, more comforted knowing that there's a treatment out there for it. Sure. Um, because yes, a disease can be severely debilitating, but then if there's cure and treatment for, it, and if it's, you know, most importantly accessible mm -hmm. to, to people, um, then I think it makes, makes it less threatening um, mm -hmm. in a way. So, yeah, I don't think I could pick a disease that's, you know, that's the worst one um yeah and even when you have let's say a disease like cancer um yeah environment really really matters and, mm -hmm. and that's why i like about mayo about like the, how we treat the patient because mm -hmm. it's like um when you feel that you're alone when you feel like you are being neglected mm -hmm. what does your body i've used this analogy before because i saw it in a video and in the sense of in the sense of the depression where you kind of like feel like this thing impending like you're like very very down mm -hmm. um it could be for different reasons of course but it's like your body saying oh my god like i'm alone i'm kind of like dying i'm you know I'm, i need this yeah. thing mm -hmm. um yeah and they they kind of like explain it that way when you don't have your tribe what does that signify to your to your body mm -hmm. oh no i don't yeah. have anyone to defend to help me defend myself because we're a community that's that's our type of like species so yeah. really being there for the patients could really increase their lifespan so mm -hmm. for sure yeah mm -hmm. yeah no i think there's you know a lot of healing power in that that connection that you know that just having another human being there um and just mental health playing into that and just mm -hmm. you know it really I think impacts your resilience and your your desire to live you know um having that that support around you so yeah for sure I that's a big part of medicine um, some affirmation feeling feeling like loved and not whatnot like it's pretty exactly. good and, and that was one of the most gratifying experiences I had when I was I also rotate, well, not rotate, volunteer in a hospital mm -hmm. and playing with the, the patients there, like how you're doing, you know, like that's very, very, yeah. very, very mm -hmm. it's really, really good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think having just the, those moments, you know, um, I volunteered at a hospital during undergrad and um, I went and saw this patient. Um, he was a terminally ill patient. And uh, as soon as I, you know, came into the room, he was like, oh, I know you. And I was like, oh, I don't think you do. I don't I've never I, seen I, you before in my yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he was like, no, I, we played bingo together at oh, a nursing home. Heart. 
Yeah. And then I remembered, you know, a couple of years back, I actually did go to a nursing home and I was um, like volunteering and spending time um, uh, with them and playing bingo and, you know, dancing and games at the nursing home. And he remembered all that. And, you know, clearly it was, um, it was an impactful moment for him. And then later on for me as well, just, you know, um, Cause sometimes I think we, we do stuff and you kind of just forget about it and you move on. Like, you know, yeah, like that's over. Okay. Yeah. Well, not in that sense, but just sort of, you know, yes, that was fun. And then you get busy um, mm. with other stuff, but then hearing someone really hold on to those, you memories. know, happy memories. Um, it's it, yeah, it's, it's really rewarding. And, you know, I kind of felt guilty for not remembering him, but at the same time, it was, it's kind of good to, like, um, Whoa, you remember me? Yeah, exactly. Um, have that have that moment, and now certainly, you know, um, four years later, I remember him. So, oh man, yeah, those are the the experiences um, that are really worth it. Uh, that are really worth it being in this field. So, mm-hmm. I thank you for your service, Doctor <laughs> Future Doctor Baines. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> also to a future doctor. <laughs> yes, future doctor Mario yeah. Polanco. I hope we'll get there soon. So in that note, thank you so much for participating in my podcast, Sahaj. It was fun. Yeah. And thank you for sharing your experience. Um, Yeah. Any any last words to our public? No, I I had a really great time. time. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, It's kind of fun to share my thoughts and hear yours. Um, Yeah, and I, I love the stuff that you're doing with the podcast um keep that going and I'm sure others feel the same way so yeah pleasure being here awesome thank you so much for coming Saj. and yep what's part great about this is that these will be archived you know so you can look back and and be like damn i remember where we weren't doctors and we're like going there at it and this is so yeah. great man like really, really for sure great. yeah definitely so yeah. with that yeah Episode 14. Thank you for listening.